Father, we thank you this morning for this time where we can come. And God, where we can stop and remind ourselves, God, that we belong to the King of Kings, that we belong to the Lord of Lords. Father, I pray for those that are here this morning, God, who need a touch from you. I pray that you would just speak to their hearts. God, remind them that they are yours. Father, we thank you for this morning. We pray that you would speak to us as the word is spoken to us, Lord. Have your way in our hearts. God, just do what you want to do in us. God, we love you. God, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Last week, we talked about making love your highest goal in your New Year's resolution. That's from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, where the English Standard Version says, Pursue love. The New Living Translation says, Let love be your highest goal. So we talked about, I want to know what love is. You remember the foreigner song? And... Uh, All right, we'll sing it together. I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. Come on, we can do better than that. Let's do it all together. Ready? One, two, three, go. I want to know what love is. I want you to. He's too loud, too off key. Yeah. If Nathan doesn't sing, I think we can do it. Well, today, I want us to change the words to the song just a little bit. Instead of, I want to know what love is, I want us to sing, I want to know what kind of love it is. You reckon we can do that? Nathan, just don't sing. Ready? <laughs> One, two, three. I want to know what kind of love it is. Ah, we're kind of... <laughs> won't work. What kind of love is it? That's a good question. That's a question that we always need to evaluate with in relationships. What kind of love is it? What kind of love do I have for my wife, my husband? What kind of love do I have for my children? What kind of love do I have for my brother or sister? What kind of love do I have for friends, for that friend, this friend? What kind of love do I have for people in my Bible study class? What kind of love is it? Now, we have a real disadvantage in the English language, and that disadvantage is there's one word for love. We use love. And that one word for love, it describes all kinds of love which may not even be love. I love ribeye steak. All right? I love my favorite sports team. Okay? I love my car. I love my truck. All right? I love my wife. Do you love your wife like you love your truck? See how that gets in the, that gets a, that can be a real problem, can it? I just love you. You love me like you love the cowboys that you yell and scream at when they do something bad. 
or do you love me differently than you love the Dallas Cowboys? See, we have trouble with it. And so in the English language, we've got to look at the context of it. We've got to look at the situation to be able to evaluate what kind of love it is. What kind of love it is. Now, in the Greek language, they have four words. The Greeks have four words for love. And that helps a lot. The word eros is which we get the word erotic from. And so eros is sensual love. So the Greek would say, I eros her. I, we would say in the English language, I lust after her. I'm infatuated with him. Now, if you were to say that you're lusting after her or you're infatuated with him, we would recognize that that's not real love. Now, when you see someone out there and you love their body parts, you love her smile, you love his build, you love his personality, you love the way that she talks to you and those kind of things, and, and that's the love that you have. What kind of love is that? I wouldn't say that's love that you can count on. That's erotic love. That's eros love. And fact is, if a couple get married... And the, and, and the love, the kind of love that it is, never grows beyond lust or infatuation. When he gets older and he loses his hair and he gains too much weight, probably there's no more eros. It's probably gone. And say, what happened to y'all? We fell out of love. You know, you really didn't fall out of love. You fell out of lust. And you switched to that one over there because he was prettier than that one. That one was pretty, but when you married him, he was pretty, but now he's not pretty anymore. And so you found you one that you think is pretty. That's Eros. Storge is human affection. Storge is probably one of the best loves that people can develop. But the problem with the human affection, I love that my friend picked me up for work this morning. I, I, I appreciate that a need was met, that Storge, human attention. I, I just love the people I work with. Why do you love the people you work with? Well, they appreciate me, all right? So when they stop appreciating you, will you love them? Well, probably not, right? Well, that really is about the best that humans can come up with. I, I appreciate the people I'm around right now. I appreciate what they do for me. And so with Storge, there are strings attached. It's a performance-based love. As long as my need is being met, as long as they're agreeing with me, as long as I believe that we're compatible right now, then we're going to get along. And we call that love in the English language, but in, in reality, it's not really love. It's not really love. Phileo is the city of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. It's family affection. Blood 
is thicker than water. We don't like each other, but we're family, so we love each other. I've got to go to Christmas with my family. I'm going to take three Valium and go to Christmas with my family, right? But we are family, and so we love each other, but we don't really like each other, right? And what kind of love is that? Phileo love, brotherly attention, brotherly and sisterly affection. It's blood. We're related. You know, Uncle Bill. Uncle Bill shows up every Christmas, three sheets under the wind, you know. And, and everybody loves Brother Bill, but no one can stand Brother Bill, right? But he's family. And in that phileo relationship, people will say, our family really loves each other. Well, when you really evaluate that, if they weren't family, they never would see each other. So they really don't love each other. It's just family. It's just, all right, the Christmas holidays are coming, New Year's coming. I'm going to have to do that family thing. And so I'm just going to just gut it up again and go for it and spend the time, but I can't wait for the Christmas and New Year's to be over with. Then I won't have to see my family again for another year. But we love each other. No, you're stuck. Phileo love. There's limits to all of those. Now, only one of those three is in the Bible, and that's phileo. Eros and Storge are not in the Bible. The fourth uh, word for love in the Greek language is agape. Agape love. Agape love is the highest form of love. And with the English language, agape in love, that's what the English word is trying to represent, agape love. That's why we need more descriptive terms for the, the, the word love. Agape is God's love. It's unconditional. It's selfless. It's without strings. It loves completely. It loves as people are, not what you hope they should be. It's love that forgives. It's love that accepts. It, it, it's love that will... Uh, stay with, and uh, it's not love that is dependent upon uh, uh, things being returned, affection being returned. It's love that can handle disagreements. It's love that can handle messy, ugly situations. It's love that can handle less than uh, perfect circumstances. Agape. A husband divorces his wife because she no longer meets his need is not agape love. It may be eros, it may be storge, it may be phileo, but it's not agape love. Your BFF doesn't talk to you anymore because you got invited to the party and she didn't. Your BFF doesn't talk to you anymore, doesn't relate with you, is no longer your lunch buddy, is no longer your friend because your kid was chosen for the all-star team and her kid wasn't. 
at work. The guy that you thought was your compadre, your friend, your supporter, your helper. When you got that promotion, he no longer wanted anything to do with you. He didn't text you anymore. You used to go play golf every other Friday. And you've noticed that he has had an excuse every other Friday not to go play with golf with you since you got that promotion. You thought you were brothers. You thought you were friends. You thought there was love. There wasn't. There were strings attached. And as soon as you were promoted into that higher position, he no longer wants anything to do with you because there were strings attached in that relationship. Perhaps he thought you were going to help him get where he wants to be, and now he sees that's not to be a possibility. Two family members no longer talk to each other because of a betrayal, a disappointment, a disagreement, or you brought chocolate cake to the birthday party, and they brought chocolate cake to the birthday party. You should have known better. It is Marie's responsibility to bring the chocolate cake, and no one one-ups her with the chocolate cake, right? Now, that seems really foolish, but how many families are divided over something as silly as chocolate cake? Well, if chocolate cake can divide a family, then obviously agape love is not part of the equation there. There's something wrong. It's not, it's not agape love. So what kind of love is it? What kind of love am I experiencing? Well, you can pretty much bet on that if the love is with strings attached, it's not agape love. If the love is performance-based, it's not agape love. If love is dependent upon uh, certain requirements being met, then it's not love. If the love that you think that you're experiencing with someone, if it doesn't cover a multitude of sins, then it's not love. I mean, if, if, if you know for sure that you're okay with being acquainted with a person, you're okay with being friends with someone until they cross this line, whatever that line may be, and if they cross that line, you're no longer going to be friends with them, then that's not agape love. That's not agape love. Love that comes from God covers a multitude of sins. You're, when, when someone is condemning that other person to you, if you love that person with agape love, you are in a defensive posture about that person because love covers a multitude of sins. When someone comes to you and they're going to, lower, they're going to attempt to lower your opinion of someone else, if there's erotic love, sorge love, phileo love, they may possibly be able to accomplish that very quickly. But if there's agape love, man, there's a struggle that happens. There's a wrestling match that comes. And, and, and you find yourself going, but, but you understand, this is my friend. I love this person. This is my family member. I love my family member. I love my brother. I love my sister. I, I, I love my, my brother in Christ. And, and I just don't believe what you're saying is true. And, 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 and I, don't, I don't 
I'm, I'm very uncomfortable with this conversation. Now, if there's agape love, that's where your attitude goes to. That's your heart. That, but if there's not agape love, you go, it gets juicy. It gets exciting. You go, tell me more. Tell me more. Let me know how sorry they really are. Because if it's not agape love, then that elevates you over them. And if it's not agape love, if you find yourself wanting to be elevated over another, you can be sure that if you believe that you love them, it's not agape love, it's some other form of love. What kind of love is it? Well, let's look in Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. There's a lot in Romans chapter 5, but we're going to kind of measure on the love parts, but uh, there's some stuff here we'll comment on because it's just really, really great scripture. Romans 5 verses 1 through 11. Probably one of the first verses that I ever memorized was Romans 5 1. I remember shortly after becoming a believer in a Sunday night service, the pastor said, someone set up and share scripture. And I was listening to it and I stood up and did Romans 5 1. And I couldn't believe that I did that when I was finished. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith. Now there's a lot right there. Since we have been justified by faith. Since we have been justified past tense. Now when we understand what the word justified means, man, that is rich. That is really profound. That is anchoring. Justified means in a past tense, in God's position, we are right with Him, and it's like we've never been wrong with Him. We are justified. We are right with God, and from God's perspective, our relationship with Him is like we've never ever been wrong with Him. That, that's, that's quite outstanding. That's, that's quite, uh, I think should be elevating of who we are and understanding who we are in Christ. It ought to really just, just pump up Christ's esteem in us. This is who we are in Christ. Because we have faith. Because we believe in Jesus. Because we have accepted His redemptive gift to us in Jesus. We are justified by faith, not works, not doing better, not getting everything fixed, not earning our right standing with God. We didn't have to clean up our act. I mean, we are right with God just absolutely as we are because we believe in Him. We're justified. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that justified position brings about peace. And so if there's no peace, examine, evaluate faith. Is there faith? Because the scripture says, if there's faith in Jesus, you are justified. And the result of that is peace. That's what the scripture says. Though through him, verse 2, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, we have access. We have access to the Father. We have access in this relationship. 
The door's been opened. The key fits. The access to the spiritual things is open wide for us. Through Jesus, through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and a character produces hope. Now, if we are not exercising faith, there is no peace in sufferings. There is no peace in sufferings because the faith is not present that provides the peace that lets us have the understanding that God is at work building his believer, building his child, and growing his child, and recognizing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And so when, when believers go through hard times, when they go through sufferings, the purpose is that at the end of that, there is a believer that is stronger. Their faith is deeper, and they are resting on God's firm foundation. Now, and he says in verse 5, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, whom who he has been given to us. All right. So now we begin to see the love part in verse 6. Verse 6. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, that tells us that agape love loves the weak and the ungodly. God loves the weak and the ungodly. Ungodly, people that are far, far, far away from God. Ungodly. Think about that for a moment. You give a gift... You give a gift that requires great sacrifice, and that gift is stomped on. It is rejected. It is despised. But you still love the people that stomp your gift. That's agape love. That's the love that God has for us. It says in verse 7, For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. Now, you might every now and then get someone that will die for a righteous person. You might have a situation where someone is going to jump on a hand grenade for the rest of the group. It's happened. But would you, would you die for an ungodly person? Would you die for an enemy? Would you die for someone that hates you? Would you die for someone that is not your friend and is not going to be your friend? Obviously not. But God, 
But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What kind of love is it? Well, it's the kind of love that dies for the ungodly, that dies for the weak, that dies for those who are still sinners. That's the kind of love that God has for us. Why we're still sinners means that God's love was, was demonstrated to us be, way before, even if the people never get their act together. And so it really is an amazing thing that I think it's a lie of Satan, to be honest with you, that people would think, I can't go to church, I can't access God, I, I can't be around spiritual people I, 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 because of my sin. My sin is too great. Well, no, it's not. It never will be too great. Because Christ demonstrated His love towards us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And so His love is for sinners before they ever begin to straighten themselves up. That's goppy love. Now, when we have the mindset about us that we are not going to care about someone until they get their act together, that's not agape love. That's another kind of love, right? I, I, I'm just not going to have anything to do with, with uh, uh, Leroy or Bob or whoever it might be because they're so wrong, they're so evil, they're so hateful or whatever it might be. Well, eros will do that. But agape love won't do that. What kind of love is it? If there are strings attached, it's not God's love. Right? If there's performance based, it's not God's love. Because while we were sinners, God demonstrated His love to us. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 9, Since therefore we have now been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. Enemies. For if while we were enemies... We are reconciled to God by Jesus. So enemies, sinners, ungodly are all loved by God. And God demonstrates that that is true by while people were still ungodly, still sinners, still enemies, Jesus died on the cross. Agape love. Agape love. Now, you might be asking the question, I think it's a reasonable question, can people even love with agape love? I mean, doesn't that seem to be too high of a call? Doesn't that seem to be too high of a standard? I mean, how in the world am I going to be able to love like God? I'm not Jesus. Jesus loved like Him. Probably the best I can do is phileo. The best I can do is storge. The best I can do is love people that love me back. The best that I can do is love people that agree with me. Love people that I never disagree with. Love people that I never uh, uh, have a, a problem with. 
Now, if you really think about it, and probably in most of our situations, it's, it's all strings attached love, mostly in this world. Can we really love like Jesus? Can we really love our enemies? Can we really love sinners? Can we really love the ungodly? Can we really love our enemies? Can we really love people that have betrayed us? Can we really love people that don't like us? Can we really love people that have slandered us? Can we really love people that don't appreciate us? Well, let's look in verse 5. I think verse 5 answers that question. It says, listen to this. Because God's love that word for love there is agape. Because God's love. Now, what kind of love is that? It's unconditional. It's complete. It is not dependent upon change from us because while we were sinners, Christ died for us. It's not dependent upon us straightening up our lives. It's not depending upon us being a good person. It's not dependent upon us rising to some religious level or religious standard that shows that we're good enough for God to smile on. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Who has been given to us? Now, when is the Holy Spirit given to us? I'll answer that question. At the moment of salvation. Ephesians 1 says that by faith, when we exercise faith in Him, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. That's when we receive the Holy Spirit. So at the moment of believing in Christ... God's love by the Holy Spirit is poured into us. And so, can we love with agape love? The answer is, well, believing in Jesus means that we have agape love in us. There's agape love in us. Now, if we're a believer and we're not loving people with agape love, that means that we're not yielding to it. We are suppressing that love. We are not obedient. We are not yielding in such a way that the Holy Spirit is able to flourish within us and, and be poured out. When we are disobedient, when we sin, when, we do, when we're self-centered, when we're selfish, when, when we are more concerned with our needs and other needs. Yeah. There's a real war going on inside that believer. Lots of anger. Lots of frustration. Lots of struggle going on in that believer. But if the Holy Spirit pours God's love into us, it is possible for us to love like Jesus. What kind of love is it then? What kind of love are we loving with? If we're living by faith, we're trusting in Him, God's Word says that His love 
has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Hear, believe, obey. Get out of the way and let it flourish. When you start having those feelings, and those feelings begin to move in your heart to love beyond any way you've ever loved before, if you'll get out of the way, you'll begin to see it. When you know that your attitude is wrong and you're being convicted by the Holy Spirit that's in you and He's showing you that your attitude about another person is wrong, if you will confess that and agree with God about that and repent, you will begin to see that love that He's poured into us begin to pour out of us and pour out of us. We've got to yield. We've got to resist suppression. We've got to get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit flourish in us. What kind of love is it? What kind of love are you loving with? What kind, you know, are you loving your wife with agape or eros? Do you love your enemies? Now, what I want to leave you with today is just the question of, well, two questions really. Number one, have you ever seen it? Have we ever seen it? Do we really know whether or not we've really ever seen when a body believers really, truly agape one another? Have we ever seen that? Or have we just seen strings attached, performance-based? I think that's a real honest, good question to ask of body believers. Have we ever experienced real, genuine, agape love for one another? And the second part of that question is, what would it be like if God's people agapied one another? What would it be like? Do we even have an understanding of what that would be like? What would it be in a community if God's people agape one another? What would it be like in your world, in your community, if love was your highest goal, if you pursued love, if you got that 1 Corinthians 13 and began to pour into that and say, is my love patient? Is my love kind? Does my love rejoice in evil or does my love rejoice in the truth? Is my love envious or is my love selfless? Am I jealous or am I other focused? Do I want to be noticed or am I just set on Jesus is noticed? Where am I at in that equation? What, what kind of love is it that I'm loving with? If the Holy Spirit has been poured into our hearts, if God's love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, the ability to love like Jesus is possible. That's some good news. What kind of love are you loving with?
What kind of love are you loving with? I pray, Father, your spirit will burn our hearts, will show us, reveal to us what kind of love we are able at this point to love with. And Lord, if it's anything less than your love, I pray you'd help us to understand, to know what needs to change, what we need to repent of, what we need to apply, what we need to adjust to. And Father, the steps that we need to take for you. Lord, we are indeed grateful, and it is good news that we have access to you through faith. We have access to you through faith, not getting better, not being perfect. Lord, not, not measuring up, not being religious, but just by believing we have access. And that when we believe in you, Lord, your spirit pours into us your love. Lord, I pray that you reveal to us what kind of love it is that we're loving with today. And I pray, Lord, that each one of our desires would be to love like Jesus. He loved his enemies. He loved his persecutors. He loved the ungodly. He loved the sinners that were far, far, far away from being godly and upright. Lord, help us to love like Jesus. Help us to love our family like Jesus. Help us to love our Sunday school class like Jesus. Help us to love one another. Help us to love our community. Help us to lose ourselves and be transformed by love. May your spirit speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just come forward.